The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man came up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. The man said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the man heard this, he was shocked. And went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age houses, brothers and sisters mothers and children, and fields with persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the one who looks at us and loves us. Amen. Last Saturday, you may have received an email from our stewardship committee, kicking off our annual stewardship campaign. And today you may have noticed the stewardship packets at the back of the church with your name on it waiting to be picked up. The stewardship committee is already hard at work preparing to guide each of us into prayerfully making a new or renewed financial commitment to the running of our parish. We even get to hear a little bit from 
Craig Delapena today about that at announcement time. He'll be the one person who doesn't have to stick to a 30-second announcement. The one thing that our stewardship team has not been busy with this week is choosing today's gospel. Somehow, the lectionary was simply on their side. We have this reading where Jesus tells a rich man to give everything to the poor in order to come follow him, which has some potential to translate quite well into a stewardship sermon. Lucky for you and me, I am not a member of the stewardship committee, nor am I the rector, and so it is not my job to give stewardship sermons. And who in their right mind would give a stewardship sermon when not asked to do so anyway? Well, apparently Jesus would, and did. In today's gospel, Jesus gave the kind of stewardship sermon that would get him chased out of a modern-day pulpit, the kind of stewardship sermon that would, and did, make people pretty grumpy, cynical, and exasperated. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, he said, than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. What? You lack one thing, he told the young rich man. Go sell what you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Really, Jesus? Give away everything in order to follow you? Maybe he was speaking in hyperbole, but still, I think perhaps something very important was happening in that conversation, something for us to pay attention to. First of all, I think the rich man really wanted to know how to be a disciple, how to be in relationship with this radical movement of eternal life that Jesus brought. He had already worked pretty hard and was a straight-A student at life. And so Jesus' first answer to him was too easy. Obey the commandments? Check. I've been doing that my whole life. So Jesus took a deeper look at him. It says, he looked at him and he loved him. To me, this means he looked at him and he knew him. He knew his heart. He knew his weaknesses. He knew what it was that kept this man from giving himself fully to the love of God that he was asking for, yearning for. Jesus saw that the young man was too attached to his wealth. He had allowed wealth to define him. How often does that same dynamic sneak up on us? Maybe we have worked hard, and it shows by the schools we send our kids to, where we live, the gifts we give, even the charities that count on our generosity. Or perhaps we can't seem to make ends meet, and we are often preoccupied with the notion that we don't have enough. All too often, our identity gets all wrapped up in our financial situation in life. And man, is it hard to admit it when that is happening. Yet I think it is essential that we come face to face with our own identities around money and status, 
even around relationship and vocation, in order to see where those identities might be holding us back from going all in with God. I don't mean to say that our identities are bad, nor do I think Jesus was criticizing identity. Our identities are good and holy. They tell us who we are as unique individuals, unique creations of God, and who we are to one another. It's just that there can be great pain and limitation to being too attached to our earthly identity. It takes only one heart-to-heart conversation with a person who has just retired and no longer knows herself by her work. A person who has gone bankrupt and no longer knows himself to be financially secure. A widow who no longer knows herself as half of a couple. An empty nester who no longer knows himself to be a full-time parent. A recently divorced person who no longer has a place in the circles where her ex-spouse resides. An injured athlete who no longer knows herself to be fast and strong. Or a new parent who no longer knows himself to be autonomous, well-rested, and free. One conversation with someone who is undergoing a major change in identity will tell you that there can be existential strain, grief, and disorientation in making such a shift. Did you hear the grief, disorientation, and anguish in the readings this morning from Job and in the Psalms? We will inevitably suffer, and these readings give words to the depth of that suffering. Shedding our identities or changing our identities is suffering. It would be crazy to do that on purpose. It would take unbelievable strength to make that kind of leap of faith. When the rich man walked away from Jesus in sorrow, I think it was because he didn't think he could be as strong as Jesus was asking him to be. And he didn't want to suffer. If wealth had become a major identifying factor for him, then Jesus was asking him to give up a piece of who he thought he was. It can be nearly impossible to give up a major part of who we perceive ourselves to be, especially when the identity that one is being asked to give up is very comfortable. So why did Jesus ask the rich man to do something that he didn't seem to be asking everybody else to do? Something he didn't even ask the young man to do during the first time that the young man inquired about what he could do to inherit eternal life. I think Jesus looked at that young man and he loved him. And he asked him to do something that he knew the man actually could do. Something that would free that man from an identity that had such a grip on him, it actually held him back. And I wonder where Jesus might be looking at us and seeing in us an attachment to some part of our identity, individually or as a community. 
or our possessions or our life as we know it, some attachments that we have developed a death grip on, an attachment that holds us back. I wonder, as Jesus looks at us and loves us, what he might be asking of us. When we hear him invite us to follow him, I wonder if we will turn away in sorrow as that young man did, or if we will give ourselves with wild abandon to him, to his love, and to the only identity that truly matters, our identity as beloved children of God who were put on this earth to love and to be loved, to serve and to be served, to share and to partake, to give and to receive, and to know ourselves through the eyes of a Jesus who looks at us and loves us. Amen.